Jason Tatum finally goes off, and the Celtics lose to the Atlanta Hawks. I'm going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Rainy Jays back with the vengeance at all the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast, and thank you for making this show part of your daily routine and your first listen every day. Lockdown Celtics is free, available on all platforms, everywhere, daily, Monday through Friday, including YouTube and LockdownCeltics.com. Uh, I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, available everywhere books are sold, especially important to pick up now. In the 75th anniversary season, while I prepare to announce their 75th anniversary team. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Before I start here on the Celtics' loss to the Atlanta Hawks, I just want to programming note to the people who are watching on YouTube is an effort to kind of grow the channel. I'm going to be posting these videos 7 a.m. every day. So 7 a.m. daily, the show will publish on YouTube. For people who are listening on the audio version, as soon as I'm done, I'm uploading that. It's weird. I apologize for people who might be waiting for it. I know some people who work overnights are watching at work. They, uh, unfortunately, the algorithm, I'm just a slave to the algorithm. I have no choice. If... If people aren't watching at 3 a.m. when I normally post these, the video gets buried and, it, and YouTube decides who gets to see it. I, I hate it, but it's part of the game I got to play. So in an effort to try to avoid that, I'm going to start posting these videos at 7 a.m. I'm sorry. That's how it's got to go. But it will be there for you in the morning, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Everyone else who's listening on the audio version, wherever you get your podcasts, I just upload that. There's no algorithm there. You just subscribe and it's there when you when whenever you want to listen to it, when, whenever it's ready. That now out of the way. So the Celtics uh, lose this game to the Atlanta Hawks, 110 to 99. Uh, later on, I'll talk about the shooting as a whole. In, in, in the second segment, I'm going to talk about just some of the other players who uh, made a contribution. But in the first segment, I really got to talk a little bit about the game here and then Jason Tatum. That's basically the first segment here. My first impression from this game is when I watched this, I said, geez, the Hawks just looked better. The Hawks look like the better team. There's no way, I, no other way to say it. The Hawks look like the better team when before halftime, I was looking at like just the, the course of this game. And I said, I, and, and look, I know that Jalen is not there. I know that Rob isn't there. And that changes the entire dynamic right now, the way that Celtics team looked and how good that Hawks team looked. I, that that Hawks team looks pretty good, and they played better. They moved the ball better. They moved themselves. That, that was an active, fast-paced game. I thought they played very, very well. Their defense is, is somewhat problematic for sure, but the Celtics weren't able to take advantage of it. 
And But offensively, if the Celtics could play like the Hawks did offensively on, on a regular basis, then that would be amazing. So, But the Celtics, defensively, the effort was there. And, and Ime Adoka, after the game, was very clear to say the effort wasn't lacking. The effort was fine. The execution wasn't particularly great. They couldn't stop a single pick and roll. I thought Trey Young had a really, really good game. And like Trey, 4 of 12, 0 of 6 from 3. So you take the 0 of 6, and he was 4 of 6 from 2. So he attacked and did well there. The 0 of 6 from 3 included, I think, three logo shots, which didn't materialize. So the, the percentage numbers here, you say, oh, well, he only shot 33%. The Celtics did fine with Trey Young. No, they didn't. They did not. He kept turning the corner. Their, their double teams weren't uh, aggressive enough. They weren't tight enough. He was getting around them. And those times when he did give up the ball, he the, the ball started to move. And even though he might not even get a statistic, he might not even get a secondary assist on some of these things, the ball movement that he started and created turned into positive offensive results for... Trey Young for, for the Atlanta Hawks. So I thought Trey was, was really good in this, uh, minus his six turnovers, but 11 assists and a steal. The 11 assists were just indicative of how the Celtics were unable to stop him. And he kind of got to do a lot of the things that he wanted to do. Uh, they did get the ball out of his hands. That's a positive, but then you turn around and, you know, John Collins, hits for 20 points. Kevin Herter hits for 20 points, 5 of 7 from 3. Uh, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich was 4 of 10 from 3. The the Hawks starters, aside from Trey Young, again, with a bunch of logo shots, were really good from 3. Bogdanovich, Collins, Herter, what's that? 10 of 18 from 3. So the Hawks took advantage of what the Celtics were giving them. So... Okay, fine. The Celtics, the Celtics had a defensive plan. The Hawks matched it. There were still opportunities there for the Celtics to um, match what the, the Hawks were doing. They, in fact, they had it down to four in the third quarter. Then there was a stretch. So Bogdan Bogdanovich got, um, hit two three-pointers in less than 30 seconds. Smart misses a layup. It's a, a tough layup. He was challenged from behind. He missed the layup. The ball comes down the other end. He was slow getting back. There's a three-pointer. And then the Celtics come down, botch an alley-oop, come back. Uh, Smart goes under a screen, three-pointer. All of a sudden, it's a 10-point game. Like in a matter of 30 seconds, boom, it's a 10-point game all of a sudden. That kind of changed the momentum. The Celtics obviously had more chances down the road. And Jason Tatum was a big reason that they had a lot of these chances. But they couldn't capitalize. Here's Tatum who, by the way, Tatum was on the night 34 points, 12 of 22, 54.5%, 5 of 12 from 3, which is good, almost 42%, 5 of 6, 6 free throws. Nowadays, 6 free throws is pretty good, although Trey got 10. Side note, a couple of those Trey Young trips to the line I thought were borderline and stuff that they might not have been calling this year. I was a little kind of perplexed by that, but that's, that's a different conversation. Tatum also had 5 assists, 9 rebounds. So Tatum had a good night. Tatum was playing well. Tatum did a lot of the things that they were that he was trying to do, he was supposed to do, giving the ball up when he got double teamed. But here's my problem, and I've said this before on the podcast. Give it up when you get double teamed, but get it back. The Celtics need to get Tatum the ball back in the fourth quarter. Look at this. 
He had four field goal attempts in the fourth quarter at 10.50, at 9.40, and then at 8.43. So basically one shot per minute over the beginning of the fourth quarter. He hit all three, and then he doesn't take another shot for another seven minutes. He was three of three to start the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden the Celtics got away from him. And he played that whole fourth quarter until garbage time, and he came out. That to me is just un. Acceptable without Jalen Brown there, without Robert Williams there, they, there's no uh, there's no other outlet. Schroeder was okay, Smart was okay. I'll talk about them in a couple minutes, but you have to in those situations. You have to find a way. You have to find a way to get Jason Tatum more shots, especially when he hits his first three shots of the fourth quarter, and you're trying to come back. And if I let me, I'm going to pull up as we're talking here, as I'm talking, the fourth quarter uh, stats. It starts off at 91.77. Smart hits a, a, a floater to make it 91.79. Tatum makes it a 10 point game. They go back and forth. Another layup. Atlanta's starting to pull away. His layup makes it a 13 point game. And then he hits a step back three to make it a 12 point game. So he's keeping the Celtics afloat right there. And then there's just no, there's nothing. It's stagnant. Why not get the ball back to Tatum? Now, of course, look, he's going to have to give it up sometimes. You're going to double team him. Just like I praised Trey Young, you get the ball, you get double teamed, you give it up. That's fine. But when when you're the only guy, when you're the only real true scoring option, you have to find a way to get Tatum the ball back. He has to go get the ball back somehow. Whether it's setting a screen and either either you set a screen and spring the guy because they're going to follow you and that opens things up, or you start coming off of picks down, you know, pin downs and whatever to get the ball. Get creative. If Emeo Doka has a, a place to improve. It's finding a way to get late game opportunities for his stars. Both of his stars when Jalen Brown comes back, and hopefully that will be on Friday against the LA Lakers. He was hoping to play the other day. He was hoping to play in this game. He's ramping up his workouts. But anyway, those guys need to be heavily involved in the offense somehow. And I just I just cannot accept Tatum going seven minutes without even a, a field goal attempt. It's just not, it's, it's not something with, without Brown, without Rob, that's unacceptable to me. Going to come back and talk about Grant Williams. Grant Williams was huge in this game. They wouldn't even be close without Grant Williams, which is not something I ever thought I'd say. First, I got to tell you about Bet Online, which is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Locked On will get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So whatever sports you want to bet on, basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. 
Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. How about making your second listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Josh Lloyd? He's going to help you win your fantasy league, get all the tips, tricks, who to drop, who to sign, who to, all, who to trade for, all of that stuff on Locked On Fantasy, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. It's Grant Williams. Hello, Grant Williams in this one. Grant was uh, awesome. Six of 12, three of eight from three. Ties a career high with 18 points, six rebounds on top of that. A couple of offensive rebounds making up for what Robert Williams uh, didn't, you know, w- without Robert Williams, what, what they couldn't get. Uh, he was he was just good early. I thought he kind of kept this, helped keep the Celtics afloat, him and Jason Tatum. And they combined to shoot 40% from the field. I'm sorry, from three which is just huge. They were a combined eight of nine from the line. They they were the only two guys uh, hitting a majority of their three-pointers, which is a problem I'm going to talk about in the next segment. Um, Grant had uh, some really – he had 10 points in the first quarter, uh, a drive on Danilo Gallinari, who, who like – I'm not sure Danilo Gallinari can drive – can guard me on the drive at this point, but – Grant took advantage of that and drove and and got a I think it was a three point play got the layup for sure and that was kind of like hello did Grant just do that yeah he did then he had an awesome play later on where the ball was kind of going out of bounds and he, it saved but he was out of bounds he reestablished himself in bounds and then he picked the ball up. Kevin Herter was like, you can't do that, which he could do that. And as soon as Herter turned around, which is stupid, but he turned around and complained. And as soon as he complained to the ref, boom, Grant goes in for the and one. That was the and one. Gallo, I don't think it was. But anyway, that's that's an example of like, how, how do you, like if in film, an Atlanta film session, how do you, uh, as Kevin Herter, look at that and be like, yeah, um, you got to be like, sorry, my bad. I shouldn't have complained like that. That should be a fine. You should be like a $500 fine. He should be have to go up there and like sing like the sound of music theme or something in front of everybody to make up for that. Cause this is a dumb play that Grant Williams took advantage of. Uh, he should just stood there and guarded that and then complain afterwards. But anyway, good for Grant. I thought he was, he was big starting in place of Robert Williams. He's had a tough time. Uh, Grant, and I have the numbers here, Grant started off hot and then had a uh, two for 18 stretch over nine games. And now he's back to being hot again. And he's uh, he's up to 40.8%, 40, basically 41% from three. He said after the game, look, I just got to shoot it with confidence. And it's when I start thinking and thinking like, oh, is this the right shot to take? Should I pass it or whatever? Shoot it with confidence and deal with it. And he shot it with confidence, and it was it was good. Uh, there was one point there in the game where I thought Al Horford. I just said to myself, "Damn, Al Horford can be so damn good on defense." Um, just uh, there were a couple of times where he got torched for sure, 
It's hard for him to go out and and trap Trey Young. He made a, a bad mistake on the sideline late in the game, which you know a lot of people couldn't contain Trey Young. But you know you got to be better at that. And it's tough for Horford uh, at 35 to completely stay in front of Trey Young. But I thought he did a pretty good job defensively. He also had two steals and a block. I thought he was active all over the place. Kind of carried the Celtics defensively for a stretch. Uh, he was worth noting. And then um, that was it, basically. I thought Tatum was good. I thought Grant was good. I thought Al was mostly good. And then you go down the line and you say, okay, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart had 11 assists, and he had two more steals. And I thought defensively he had another another couple of plays there where he got Jason Tatum easy leak out fast break dunks and 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 that was good. I thought I thought Smart's passing was generally good, but he's another guy like three of ten shooting, zero of four from three. Most of those shots you you were okay with because the catch and shoot. There was one that was a late shot clock. That almost that almost doesn't count. It's like two seconds on the shot clock. You have to shoot that, right? Like he's not going to pass the ball with two two point something on the clock to somebody else because that person's going to catch it in a bad position. You just have to catch and shoot no matter what the defender is doing. Like your teammate's going to be pissed at you for that. You have to take when you got the ball and it's like three two. You you got to shoot that. So unless somebody's completely underneath alone for a layup, you got to shoot that. So. I thought most of his shots were okay. He was a trouble finishing around the rim. Uh, some of it was challenged. Certainly, he could have. He probably could have picked up a foul or two. But the shooting is is just continuing to be a real, real problem. Like we know, Marcus Smart is not going to hit a ton of shots, but he is really, really cold. Just another guy on the Celtics who's really, really cold. So, and then he made a couple of defensive mistakes. You know, for Smart, the defensive mistakes get magnified. And it was part of a turnaround for the Hawks that just the Celtics had opportunities later to cut into the lead, but it just never could. And so Smart, I thought, had his really good moments. And then there were some moments where it's like, ugh, okay. Same with Schroeder, who was 6 of 12, 15 points. But uh, another three turnovers, one really, really bad one at the half court, just really just got straight ripped. A one of four from three, so his shooting is kind of spotty there from the three point three point land. I thought he was, you know, again, just like Smart, did some good things. Certainly, you look at the game, you're like, oh yeah, that was good, that was good, that was good. And then some things you're like, oh god. So I put them both in the so so. Josh Richardson, kind of in that same vein, five of ten overall, but zero of three in the fourth quarter. I have a second guess of Ime as far as the fourth quarter. Richardson was missing and. You didn't put Grant Williams in until three minutes or so to go in the game. And for a guy that was so hot early, I I don't understand why Grant didn't get earlier minutes in the fourth quarter. I mean, there's a guy that you had to have spotting up. If they're getting the ball out of Tatum's hands and he's not getting it back and you're looking for guys to, to hit shots, why not get it to the guy who was already three of eight and hitting a couple of these corner threes and it was shooting with some confidence. Why not get it back to that guy instead of Richardson? So I'm not sure why he went with Grant. I'll have to go back and look to see. It's probably matchup based, but 
I think that, you know, Richardson in the fourth quarter was you know, getting shots that, I, I, look, it's, it feels weird for me to say Grant should have gotten these shots instead of Josh, but he should have. In this game, he should have. You know, ride the hot hand a little bit. And then just looking out, like, Cantor, uh, you know, I'll save Cantor for the next the next block because that that ties into the whole shooting thing. Uh, same, same for Neesmith and Pritchard and Langford. I'll do that when I come back here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. For your second listen, how about the Lockdown Bets podcast? If you're laying some money down at betonline.ag, why not listen to your boy Q and Lee Sterling? They are on a big run right now, and you should be listening to the Lockdown Bets. Maybe they can help you win a couple of bucks when you're laying some money down wherever podcast exists. Okay, it's obvious that the Celtics are just they – need, they need shooting – we knew coming into this season that the shooting was going to be an issue, and it is. This is the one thing that we knew coming in was going to happen, and it happened. And now we're 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 kind of stuck here. Ime after the game was saying, like, I don't feel like we found our offense. Uh, we did what we're doing, what we've been doing all year: penetrate, kick, get some guys wide open looks, and they're not knocking them down. Not going to hold people to in, in the '90s every night. We have to score more than 99 ourselves, which is very obvious. Uh, another thing that he says, we talk about expected points every game, and expected points are very high with the looks that we're getting. When you don't knock those down, it starts to mentally wear on you a little bit. So there are metrics out there. Uh, some of the more advanced sites, something that I do not have access to because it costs much, much, much money that we're just not going to pay for. <laughs> they get all the crazy ESPN pays for it. Uh, so the, they have stats like expected shooting percentage and the types of shots that you're getting, what is your expected shooting percentage? And it calculates basically everybody's shooting percentages and everybody's whole thing. And you know, you can really get a sense of, of the shots that you're getting, what should you be shooting? And you get a sense like the Philadelphia 76ers, they had a big crash and now that of course coincided with Joel Embiid going out with COVID, but they were shooting way, way, way above what their expected shooting percentage was. So you expect, you look at all of those numbers for all these teams and you say, okay, that's, that's going to drop a little bit. The Celtics are sitting there saying, Hey, our expected field goal percentage, our expected shooting percentage on these threes should be higher than what it is. So you can say, and, and take the stance that Ime is taking and say, well, if the expected shooting percentage is going to be up here and we're down here, then at some point the water is going to rise. It's going to find its level, which is fair. And I think it's it's worth trying to, like when Jalen comes back and Rob comes back and they're a full team, that maybe some of the attention those guys get can, can help raise everybody's shooting percentage a little bit because they're just going to be a little bit more, more open. But the Celtics this year are shooting – 32.8% on wide open threes. 32.8% on wide open threes. The Celtics are currently shooting 32.3% on 
overall, they're the fifth worst three-point shooting team. You give them wide open looks, and that doesn't even increase the the shoot the shooting percentage. So that kind of plays into what Ime is saying. Like, we're wide open, and that's defined by defenders more than six feet away. We're wide open. We should be hitting better than 32.8% from wide open threes. That's fine. At some point, though, we also have to look at it. Who's getting those wide open threes? And you say, exactly how much better are they supposed to be shooting? Because where are those wide open threes coming from? Which I don't, I don't have. Uh, are they in the corner or are they above the break? Josh Richardson is getting corner threes, but his three-point percentage right now is 32 and a half. And since his 30, almost 38% in the 2018 season, He's not, he, he had been shooting 34.5%. So his 32.4 is only a couple percent off of what his normal. So he, he's not going to bounce back that far. Dennis Schroeder is shooting almost 33%. Here's, his career is 33.7%. So he's only about a percentage point off of his, his career numbers. Tatum is way off. Al Horford is way off. Even Marcus Smart, who is 32% for his career, is down to 26. He is way off, even for him. Those guys will come up. But the Celtics need to do something. Beyond just sit and wait and hope, they need to do something here. At least at least situationally, just see if you can get, like in this game, instead of playing Cantor, and I don't, I don't know why you go with Cantor, I guess offensive rebound, everybody's missing, so you get a good offensive rebounder in there. Fine. He had a few offensive rebounds, didn't cash any of them in. But if you're going to put a bad defender at center while Horford is sitting, put Wancho in there. Just put Wancho in there. He's a shooter. Maybe he can get out there and get hot. Maybe. I don't know. But you know that, that Cantor isn't going to give you anything offensively. And you say, okay, well, he can set good screens. Okay, fine. But th- that didn't do anything. How about a guy who can hit a shot? Or at least has some history of hitting a shot. Let's try it. Now, Neesmith got in, Pritchard got in, and they're they're not, they're they're kind of off right now. They're just not hitting right now. Fine. What do you got to do to get them going? I've brought up bringing them to the G League for a game or two just to play 35 minutes. I got to check the, the main Celtics schedule to see, is there a place when, when the Celtics are off in the next week to send these guys? Just go to go to Portland, go play 35 minutes, and get just, just shoot, just shoot. 23 pointers. I don't care. Just go shoot until you can get yourself back on track, then come back. Do you need to do that? Fine. But short of all of that, it's time for Brad Stevens to like, I'm recording this. It's the November 18th show. December 15th, the league basically opens up for business as guys who were signed as free agents are now eligible to be traded. And now we start to get like some of the rumors. It's basically what, four weeks from now, five weeks from now, the next four or five weeks, if the Celtics can't get one of these guys going, then it's time to figure out how do you find, get somebody in here to help. And it's not even because I think the Celtics could make a deep run if they get another shooter. It's not even because I think it's about even this this year or building a team and or, or, or whatever. My number one thing is Tatum and Brown are third and eighth in minutes played. And whenever Jalen comes back, he's going to be up there in minutes. These guys are working their asses off. Get them a a shooter that they can rely on. Get them somebody out there 
that they can pass to and feel comfortable passing to. So they don't feel like they have to do the whole damn thing themselves. And that's going to be on Brad Stevens. You got basically a month before you start scouring and say, who do you need to move? Can you, if Wancho's not going to get the minutes, then, then move them and, and bring back some, somebody that at least can shoot someone that can just spot up in the corner situationally and can knock down a shot. And I don't know who that is. You know, it might be Terrence Ross. I mean, he's, he's the most obvious name to me. Orlando is going nowhere. Can you, can, can they get an asset or at least clear some space? I, you know, something, is there some incentive that the Celtics can give them to pry Terrence Ross away? He's going to be a very popular guy. A lot of teams might want Terrence Ross, um, but find somebody, do something, you know, uh, it's disheartening for the team to work the way they do and then just continue to miss all of these shots. And it's a team-wide thing. Like I said before, shooting was a, a concern coming in. It has reared its ugly head. It is a big problem. And you don't want to lose these guys. You do not want this to start to, I don't want to say spiral, but you don't want these guys to get frustrated. You want to give Ime Odoka the year, the full year to really gain these guys' trust and to impart what he's going to impart. Give him some of the tools, even if it's temporary, give him some of the tools to get these guys help so they can buy fully into what he's doing. And then next year, maybe you, you, you can figure out how to, over the summer, truly build a team and, and maybe you make a bigger trade and pursue a bigger star if it's available. But the help now in the short term is, is meaningful for the Celtics. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. I'm going to get Keith Smith on for the Friday show to talk a little bit about this past week and looking forward to a four game homestand starting with the Lakers on Friday night. And then the OKC thunder on Saturday I will talk about both those games on the Monday podcast, but come back tomorrow for me and Keith. So subscribe if you are not a subscriber. If you're new, welcome aboard. This is a daily Monday through Friday show. It is free. It's available everywhere podcasts exist. It's also available on YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Would really love to have you watching the show. I'm here. I put on a sweater. It's two in the morning, but I get, you know, I get a little dressed up sometimes to put on a show for you guys. So uh, please subscribe, get notified whenever I drop a new video. Like I said, these videos are going to now post 7 a.m. every morning. So it's there for your morning, make it appointment television. If you're getting ready for work, 7 a.m. would be a great time to pop on the podcast and uh, share the podcast. If you're a regular subscriber, regular listener, tell all of your friends, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.